Oh, wait a minute. You want a team that beat BYU to lose because they beat BYU? <laughs> that is ludicrous. Gonzaga's the team, Jason, that will maybe take your milk money, but then they'll take you out for a drink after. With that'll your be- milk money. Yeah, they'll still buy you something with it. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Uh, We had the opportunity to speak with Zach Wilson recently in his uh, latest pursuits as he prepares for the NFL draft. Everything, including what he thinks of the Sam Darnold trade from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers to how he would feel about being a day one starter in the NFL. And if he has any green in his wardrobe, here is Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Zach, first and foremost, how much green do you have in your current wardrobe? Not a lot. I got a lot of blue. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's kind of crazy. This whole, this whole thing's been nuts. So let's, let's go back to really big news this week. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard that Sam Darnold was traded from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers, opening up a spotted quarterback for the Jets? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, it was awesome. Uh, good for Sam. You know, I've, I've talked to him a couple times, and, you know, he's a great player, great quarterback. So, you know, I'm excited for him to have a fresh start. You know, he's, he's a great player, and I'm excited for him to, you know, kind of revive his career because, I, I, you know, I, I totally think he will. I think he's a, he's a great player. He's been fun to watch. And, you know, obviously that means that the, the Jets have a plan of what they want to do. What have those conversations been like with Sam? Are you willing to divulge some of those, or what's that dynamic yeah. been? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there you know, there's a little bit of that awkwardness of you know what's going on, but you know, it's it's in neither of our control. You know, I, I don't control where I go, and he doesn't control where he goes. So, you know, we've uh, we've only talked a couple times. I ran into him one time when I was out in California training, and you know, it was kind of before we got to this point. And you know, we really just talked about what his experience has been in the NFL. You know, it really had nothing to do with teams or anything like that, but. You know, it was really just kind of catching up and, uh, you know, just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. You know, that was kind of all it was, but it, he's a great guy. Zach Wilson with us on BYU Sports Nation. One of the things that uh, I've enjoyed most about your preparation and watching you prepare for the NFL, Zach, is how much time you spend watching, as you said, guys that haven't succeeded and why they failed in their respective positions. So with that in mind, how much film have you watched on the New York Jets struggles and maybe how you, if you end up there, would help their system? Yeah, you know, I've watched a little bit of their stuff and, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of help. Sam didn't have a lot of help. And, you know, I don't, you can't, you can't point to exactly one thing. You know, he, he could probably tell you he could have played better at times too. And, uh, you know, the guys around him definitely could have helped, you know, but I think it's just a, a little bit of everything. I think the coaching staff that was in there probably wasn't the best suit for for what, uh, you know, they had. And, um, you know, I think that's why they got so many draft picks coming up is they have the ability to kind of transform everything that's coming in. Uh, and I think confidence is such a huge thing. I think the team just, you know, kind of knew the situation that they were in and, and how it wasn't such a great thing. And, um, you know, I think having a new coaching staff coming in is going to revamp the whole place and, you know, kind of give those guys, guys some more life because, you know, they've had a rough couple of years and, you know, I'm sure uh, they're looking forward to the future. Adam Schefter said this week on ESPN that after the Darnold trade that he texted you personally (laughs) to say, welcome to New York, Zach, officially. Did you text Adam Schefter back, by the way? I just sent him uh, one of those emojis with, like, the little shock face. That was it. I I sent him (laughs) those back. (laughs) 
an appropriate yeah. response. Okay, so now a, fo- right. a follow-up to go that. Ahead, Who has been the biggest name that has reached out to you, whether it's celebrity, whether it's sports personality, with, with your name being out there every day, who has reached out to you that you went, oh my goodness, I can't believe so-and-so is reaching out to me? Yeah. No, there hasn't been a ton. You know, I talk to Steve Young every once in a while, but that's, you know, that's been since, since college. He's been a great support as well, you know, but there's, there's a couple here and there, you know, whether it's some other NFL players and some guys that I've met along the way, you know, Michael Pittman's one of my good, good buddies now that I met out in California and, you know, they'll, they'll make some comments every once in a while, but uh, you know, really it's a, a good mix of people texting me after that whole trade thing happened. Zach, if it is indeed the New York Jets, which seems very likely and the new head coach, Robert Sala, who's a culture guy, and you go there, and they're expecting you to start on day one. How do you feel about the prospect of being thrown right into the NFL? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was part of the reason I decided to come out of BYU is if I didn't feel like I was ready to start this next year in the NFL, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come out. You know, I felt like my, my decision to come out was, was strictly based that I felt like my maturity and, and my ability to, you know, play this game was to a high enough level that I, I'm confident in myself to be able to play. And so uh, I knew that coming out. And, you know, if you go this high in the draft – Technically, you know, you're probably going to get on the field, um, and that's that's just how it is. And so I'm excited. You know, no matter who picks me, you know, you never know until draft day comes around. But, uh, you know, I'm ready to play wherever I end up. I'm going to give it everything I have, you know, work as hard as I can and uh, just try and make the best out of it, you know, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Would you be willing to sit and learn for a little bit if that's what the team that drafted asked you to do? Yeah, of course. You know, I know, I know there's situations like that where you have somebody – you know, I think Atlanta, for example, they have Matt Ryan, um, you know, at the at the quarterback position, and, and you know, he's a great player. You know, I would love to go in there and um, you know learn from him, pick his brain. You know, but you have to have that mentality of, you know, nobody's job is ever safe. You know, you, you got to go in there and you got to compete. You got to push him. I want to make him, you know, whoever the starter is, no matter what team it is, feel like you know I'm right behind him, like I'm coming up and and I'm there to take their job because in, in the long run it's, it's going to make both of us better. Uh, it's going to make both of us better when that competition happens, and um, you know. But I would be, I'd be perfectly fine if that's what the situation asked for me to have to go in there and sit behind somebody, you know, because some of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL are ones that have had to sit and learn, you know, for a couple of years. Zach Wilson on his path to the NFL draft on BYU Sports Nation. At this point in time, after pro day, what is the number one point of emphasis in your own personal progression as a quarterback? Yeah, get ready to play. You know, kind of all the work of all this other stuff is done. You know, the draft is just right around the corner. Um, you know, there's not much I got to do as far as just proving myself to teams. You know, interviews are starting to slow down and uh, it's starting to get to more selected teams, obviously. And uh, really, my my emphasis now is just get ready to play. You know, because in May, when OTAs start with whatever team I'm with, I'm going to be out there uh, in practices and stuff already. I got to learn the offense as quick as I can. So really, I'm I'm doing the same kind of thing I did last year to to get ready for BYU season. I was you know watching film every single day, making sure I was doing my recovery stuff, lifting and running, and uh, just getting ready to be able to play because you know it's going to come faster than than I expect, and it's going to be here you know really soon. I feel like the last season just ended, but you know, we're almost getting back into football already. Well, the NFL draft is in three weeks. What does your schedule over the next couple of weeks look like? Are you basically going to be around the area and training here? What's, what's the next three weeks look like? Yeah, the next three weeks, uh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, probably flying around a little bit, going back out to California, getting a couple sessions with those guys. But, you know, I got a good thing going in Utah. I go to a, you know, a stretch place. I'm out here lifting at Strohshine and 
and those guys are awesome. You know, Stroformance is, you know, easily the best gym in Utah. Those guys do such a good job. And so I, I, I really appreciate my time with them. You know, they have the whole rehab thing and, you know, they help me with just strengthening the shoulder, making sure I get better. And, and my lifting and running stuff is there. And they always take care of me as far as recovery goes. There's a bunch of BYU guys there. And um, a lot of, you know, every NFL guy BYU has coming up too trains there as well. So I have a good time working with them because, you know, it's a good, it's a good atmosphere of working with a lot of uh, good players. And then, you know, I'll go and, you know, obviously the stretch stuff, they got yoga stuff. And then, um, I got some, uh, recovery stuff. I'll go do some cryotherapy and, and I spend, you know, kind of that stuff all week making sure. And then of course, signing trading cards, cause those are going to take forever. <laughs> you know, one thing, Zach, that I've noticed that you've not jumped on the bandwagon of is the post BYU beard. <laughs> Will we ever see you growing out the post BYU beard? You'll see it eventually. Okay. Eventually. Okay. Uh, it's working its way up. Uh, it's a little patchy, but it'll be there soon. Don't worry. Listen, Zach, I, I couldn't really grow anything on my face until I was almost 30. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. <laughs> you still can't. Don't lie. <laughs> okay, you, you caught me. He speaks you, you, the truth. You he caught me. The truth. Zach Wilson with the Psalm BYU Sports Nation. Um, obviously, Pro Day, the madness around that was overwhelming. You were bombarded by the NFL Network, interviews, coaches, offensive coordinators, and you needed some time away to just kind of reset and refresh. How do you plan on doing that on a regular basis? Because once you get into the NFL, obviously it's going to be full-on go again, and you're going to be in the heart of the media again. So how do you plan to stay even keel amidst all of that? Yeah, you got to find those little things that kind of get you away from the game, help relax your mind. You know, I got a, I bought a massage chair not that long ago. Nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's relaxing. It was expensive, but it's worth it. You know, I, I like to just, you know, lay in there, flip on a good podcast book or, or a song and, and just relax, you know, take my mind away from the game. So that'll be something I do. You know, I'm, I'm getting into golf a little bit. You know, I'm terrible, but uh, I'm working on it and I'm getting there. So, you know, I got to just, you know, find those things that's going to kind of help me separate away from the game and just be able to, you know, take a breather sometimes and just focus on, you know, myself and, and what's going on and understand just kind of how lucky I am to even be playing this game. Zach, I know you've actually answered this on this show before, but for those that may be tuning in for the first time, what are your plans for draft day? Yeah, I haven't figured it out yet, you know, still deciding if I should go, you know, out to the draft, if I should do something at the house, you know, I know there's some obvious, you know, restrictions that are going to be going on at the draft, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to go to the draft, uh, you know, but just because of the year that it is, uh, you know, we've been, you know, kind of thinking some other things, but we'll kind of have to figure out uh, what the exact details are, if we should go, or if we should stay, you know, be able to have all my friends and family there. Um, you know, I think it'd be a blast to just, you know, I've had so many people help me in my life, support me in my life and everything I've done. So I would love to share this moment with them. Yeah, certainly. And I can see the smile across your face when you just mentioned the idea of playing your first NFL game and running out of the tunnel, wherever that is. Uh, walk us through the emotions of, of all of that as you look forward to a monumental day like that. Yeah, it's so surreal. You know, I keep thinking of, uh, you know, everything that's just going on right now, you know, even just thinking, in a couple months, I'm going to be on a whole new team, you know, working new leadership skills and how I can get to know these guys and how I can help transform this team into something special. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy how, how fast time flies and how quickly someone's life can change. And so I've kind of just, you know, every day I keep telling myself like, you know, wow, this is crazy. Like this is, this is such a cool opportunity, you know, and, uh, you know, not many people can be in this situation. And I'm so fortunate, you know, especially when you look at how many greats that BYU's had and, 
you know, I can, I can say that I could be one of the highest draft picks in BYU history. You know, it's just, it's just crazy to me, you know, to even be in this situation. So I'm just, I'm honestly just so grateful. Uh, I just keep thinking back to, you know, everything I've gone through and um, how exciting this moment's going to be no matter what team I go to. And so uh, really I'm just going to take it head on and just give it everything I have because I only got one shot at this whole thing. So, um, you know, I can't wait till I get to walk out of the tunnel for my first game and I'm just going to give it everything I have, make sure I'm ready to go. See, Zach, I think that's great that you, you said that because obviously you're putting in a ton of work and there's been so much that has gone into getting you to this point. But I, I think if, if you don't stop and at least take a breath and realize how great of an opportunity this is and enjoy the moment, because you said like this is only going to happen once in your lifetime. I think that's important to what you just said, being able to realize the opportunity and kind of enjoy the moment because I'm not sure a lot of people – get a chance to do that because there's so much work that goes into it. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's a grind, uh, you know, but I always love like when people talk about the percentages of high school kids that make it to the NFL and then college kids that make it to the NFL, you know, and, you know, it's been such a dream of mine in my whole life. I've like worked for this and it's so crazy to think that, you know, it's actually like happening for me and it's actually there. And, and so really, you know, it's just that motivation to keep going because, you know, if I stop now, you know, I don't want to be known as a quarterback that just uh, thinks they've arrived, you know, their first year in the NFL. So this is just, you know, the start of something special. And, um, you know, I'm so excited just to be a part of this whole thing. Love it. Love the mentality. Uh, you've absolutely earned this opportunity in the NFL. We appreciate the time as always, Zach, and uh, can't wait to see how things develop here in the next three weeks. Until then, uh, until we talk to you next time, be healthy, stay well, train well, get some rest for your legs and enjoy that massage chair. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, guys. Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. We got to get one of those massage chairs. Can we expense that? Can that? Can we actually just turn the chairs we're currently sitting into into massage chairs? <laughs> just, deep tissue massage. Just make personal. Uh, Jason, I just asked you a question. I'm sorry, Spencer, what? I'm sorry, what was that? Can you <laughs> say that again? Sorry. I can't right. focus. Sorry, I got a knot back here that I'm working, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on here. <laughs> yeah, to be determined if we're going to get something like that. Probably. Not. How, how crazy was it that he and he and Sam Darnold are, have been exchanging? You know, they've talked and calling each other. That's actually pretty cool. I thought it was really nice that uh, Zach pointed out the situation for Sam. He's like, look, I'm happy for him. He, he's in a better scenario. Yeah, it's really cool. Yep. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. It's time we play Big Deal, No Deal, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. I'll start, Jason, number one. Big Deal, No Deal. Matt Harms and Alex Barcelo both posting about weighing my options or decisions, decisions in the last couple of days. Uh, yeah, I think it's a big deal for reasons that we discussed earlier. I, I think it's a big deal that they're bringing it up because the fact they're bringing it up means they're considering it and that it's not a dead issue. So yeah, I think it is a big deal. Yeah, I didn't put a ton of stock into Matt Harms post because I had kind of already in my mind settled on the fact that he was leaving BYU. Right. But the fact that he now commented on Alex Barcelo's post makes me think, okay, he's waiting to see what A.B. does before he makes his ultimate decision. So this is becoming, by the minute, yeah. a bigger deal. Now I'm just waiting for Brandon Averett to post. <laughs> Let's also not forget who's in the room trying to convince these guys. It's Mark Pope. Okay? <laughs> he's sending out puzzles Look, there are two, all sorts of there stuff. There are two people I think that could talk anybody into anything. It's Mark Pope and it's Chad Lewis. 
Both of those guys yeah. could talk anybody into doing anything. Why don't you guys open up a car dealership? <laughs> yes. You would slay. Yes. Isn't Mark Pope the greatest car salesman ever? Like he, he would be salesman of the month every month. Yes. Yes. Like he could sell sunshine in the desert. <laughs> hey! I know what you need some more of in these 120-degree temperatures. Sunshine. Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just got the right energy. Yeah. Hey, it's great. Big deal, no deal. Gonzaga. Sits atop ESPN's way too early top 25 for next season. This is no deal, Jason. It's because this is what Gonzaga does every year. It feels like anyway. Great. They're going to be number one or number two. Until when? Like, until further notice, Gonzaga <laughs> will be leaves? a top five team. Yes, and that's not going to happen for the, a yeah. while. Yeah. They're on a mission now. They were so close again to winning a national title. Ah. And I know that you don't feel the sadness for them, but I kind of do. And I kind of feel bad because now Gonzaga is going to come back. I think they're going to bring back a couple of guys that would have gone, including Drew Timmy. And they're just going to be loaded and awesome again. So this is, this is no deal because... Yeah, because they weren't going to be loaded and awesome had they won it. <laughs> they might relax just a little bit and lose a couple of players that uh, now are going to stay. So... It's no deal. This is what I expect them to be basically every year. Yeah, I'm going to say no deal, but for a different reason. We don't know who's coming back. Can we honestly say right now, and again, they call it the way too early top 25 for a reason. So you're just having fun and speculating at this point. But we don't know who's coming back. So I, I, I say no deal for that reason. Would it be a big deal if BYU was ranked in the way too early well, top 25? It <laughs> then it affects us. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Number three, big deal, no deal. BYU sits just outside the Andy Cats top 36 as part of the under consideration category. Mm -hmm. Jason, um, is this a big deal or no deal that they're under consideration? Well, sure. For the same reason we said BYU's being mentioned, so it's a big deal. This is no deal. Look, and let's be honest. At the, but don't you think, because it was the same thing after, so now two seasons ago, you know, you didn't know what was coming back, yet Mark Pope was able, and the coaching staff able to do the exact same thing, put this team in a good situation. I just expect them to do that again. So I love the fact that they're under consideration because it means they're right on the outside, at least from, according to Andy Katz, and I expect them by the end of the season to be ranked top 25. I need to channel my inner Jerem Jordan here and say it's one guy saying one thing, right? How many times have you heard him say that? Yeah. Beware the one guy yes, saying Yes, but I'm going to listen to the one guy that says things about BYU positively <laughs> than the one guy that says something negatively. Andy Katz, Just top 36, honest. under consideration. Uh, this is Right now, it's no deal for me. If Alex Barcelo and or Matt Harms come back, then BYU's in the under consideration as a legitimate preseason top 25 and team. And depending on transfers. Then it becomes a big deal. Yeah. Okay, right now, no deal for me. All right. Big deal, no deal. BYU softballs won five in a row and have combined for nine home runs in the last four games. Yeah, we've entered big deal status for BYU softball because of who they beat and how they beat them. I know that the bookends are Southern Utah and Utah State, two teams on paper BYU should dominate and did, but they swept the number 25 team in the country, and that's one of the best pitching staffs in the yeah. entire country. Of Baylor, like not not just Big Twelve, like they they have a loaded pitching staff, and BYU swept them. So this this has entered big deal territory. Now the Cougars are rolling into conference play. Yeah, and I'm just focusing on the home run part of it, oh. not not just the five games. The home run, nine home runs in four games, it's amazing. That's yeah, a big deal, absolutely. Again, and, off that pitching staff and the home run chain. 
Yes. It, it, it lives on. The bling bling. Yes. I believe my home run call. I was talking did you about. Get, did you get any information on who started that? Did you get the backstory? So we're still searching for okay. who, who the player was okay. that, uh, that brought up the initial idea, but we have confirmed that it was generated by the players. Nobody okay. on the staff, not okay. an assistant coach. The bling. But when Hunter Ava hit her, I'm, seriously, it's the longest home run I've ever seen hit at Miller Park on the softball side. It was, the ball was pulverized. It was crazy. Okay, so when she comes around, uh, and I'm talking about the bling as she takes her swing, and it, I mean, it was like the perfect Good rhyming. Ball. Yeah, like she's going to rock the bling again. <laughs> like It was a no-doubter. Um, yeah, the nine home runs is maybe even a bigger deal, Jason, because they continue to swing the bat that way and do some special You're things. You're going to win a lot of games. Yes. All right, big deal, no deal. BYU men's track and field ranked number one in the country outdoor season. It's only the second week, Jason. So is it a big deal or no deal? Look, when you're ranked number one, that's a big deal, regardless of when it happens. Yeah. I mean, certainly you want to finish number one as well. But if you're ranked number one at any point, that's a big deal. First time in program history. Yeah. So because it hasn't happened before, yeah, this is a big deal. All right. Big deal, no deal. Uh, Dane Brugler of The Athletic in his latest draft guide graded Kairos Tonga as a sixth round pick. Also, Matt Bushman as a sixth to seventh round pick. Big deal or no deal? Ooh. For me, this is still leaning a little bit towards no deal. If Kairos Tonga was a projected fifth-round pick, then I'd get on the big deal train. Because if he's projected fifth round, then I think he's for sure going to be drafted. But anything that's projected in the sixth or seventh round is a wild yeah, card. Yeah, it's, it's wide open. Yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to say it's a big deal. Not hearing a lot about Kairos Tonga. Uh, you know, he looked great, by yeah. the way, physically at Pro Day. But I, I, I like the fact that, that we're hearing him being mentioned in the area of being drafted as opposed to free agent signing. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a man who recently traded in all of that rivalry red to wear Cougar Royal Blue. Wide receiver Samson Nakua is with us. Samson, there's a special place in our hearts for a guy that does what you're doing right now. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm excited to be here. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. We're doing great. So first and foremost, why was BYU the right fit for you? for your last year of college football? Because you're really good, man. You could have gone a number of places. <laughs> um, honestly, the biggest decision in, in coming to BYU was my family, um, just coming to be home. Um, grandma, we know Grandma's getting a little older, and uh, we just wanted to be able to spend more genuine time with her and uh, be here for her. And then uh, just helping with mom, too. And uh, as our little brother, Tay, he's at Timview. We're coming to help train him a little more. Uh, he definitely needs it. Uh, he he thinks he's better than he is, so we're definitely trying to come and help him help him out. You know, straighten him out a little bit. So, Samson, give everybody an idea, maybe from a timeline perspective, when all of this started and this process really began for you, and how ultimately you came to this decision. Man, I think it was li- right after season, um, right after COVID season. Um, it really just came into my mind, like. I think COVID that whole past year just uh, helped me put um, life into a bigger perspective. And uh, while we had that time off of football, being home with uh, grandma and uh, with my mom and my family, it just made me realize like how much I've been, even though I've been in Salt Lake, like not too far, like it made me realize like how distant I have been from them. And like, 
I've been doing my own thing in this world and I haven't really been spending as much time in like being there for my family as much as I needed to be. So that whole COVID year, like just helped put a new perspective in, in my eyes and like make me realize like I want to be home. Like this is where I miss being home. I miss being with my family. I have a lot of friends still down here in Provo. Like my brother rocked blue. Like he loved it. Every time I talked to him about it, he loved Cougar Nation and, so like I don't know like I've been talking about it for almost a year now and like it just feels right and it's been feeling right and to just be home with family and it's just it's just awesome right now. <laughs> Samson Nakua is with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing his decision to transfer to BYU. Who decided on transferring to BYU first? Was it you or Puka? <laughs> uh, it was Puka. Honestly, it was Puka. Um, he he's the one that uh, definitely brought it more into my eyes that it would probably be the best move for us and for our family and. Uh, so mom and grandma don't have to pack up because grandma's getting, getting older. And so she don't have to move around and uh, Puka brought it to my eyes. And I was like, bro, uh, you know, I'm in red, right? Like that's my rivalry school. <laughs> like, like That's going to be the hardest decision. And that was probably the hardest uh, decision for me. But uh, as I prayed a lot more and I uh, took time to myself out in the mountains out here, uh, uh, it just came to my eyes and to my mind, like, this is the right decision. Like, it's time to come home, time to put the blue on. What was the reaction from some of your friends and teammates in red when you made this decision? Oh, uh, especially the defense. The defense was, they're like, hey, if you make the decision, just know we're coming for your head. And I, was like, <laughs> I, was just, I was like, oh, I was like, guys, we're still friends. Like, it doesn't have to be like this. But I told him, like, you come for my head, I'm coming for the streak. Like, it's okay. I was like, <laughs> so I told him, it'll be a great rivalry. But uh, uh, a lot of them were hurt. Uh, a lot of them were a bit sad, but they knew that then day I was making decisions for family that they knew I had to come home for my grandma and my mom and that they were supporting me no matter what, but they just said, be ready for that, for that game. <laughs> yeah, understandably family first. And uh, we can get on board with that. What type of role do you expect to play for BYU football in this grad transfer season? I don't really usually like to talk about my roles. Uh, I've always taken the backseat. I feel like, especially up uh, over at the U I've taken the backseat a lot and, uh, was always playing the guy that would uh, just do anything for the team. And um, I'm still that guy. I'd always sacrifice my body and anything I need to do for this team to help this team win. Uh, And, uh, but I feel like this year is my last year. And um, I just, I really want to help lead this offense. Um, Zach Wilson and Dax is gone. Um, They have returners like Gunner and Neil that are there to help lead the way too. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's a bigger role for me this year. Um, I feel like I've matured in a lot of ways and, uh, up to my game up in a lot of ways been working out with my brother Kai and some of his NFL teammates a lot um so I've been just been preparing myself to to really lead this team and help uh uh bring this team to a next level to show the world that BYU is um that we can run with anyone like not last year wasn't just some fluke because the COVID season like no like we're coming to do this every year no matter what team steps here any any team anywhere any place like we're here for it we're ready and we're gonna show them that we can rock what do you like about this offense that A-Rod and, and Fessy and that they're – obviously you saw last year and you know, you've had a chance to talk with them to, to find out what this offense is going to look like as, as we move into this next season. What do you like about it in terms of its fit for you? Um, air raid offense. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I've I seen. Um, I, I just started opening more uh, of my film uh, watching them and uh, seeing that, man, they love to – throw that ball and uh, the way the 
that offense in the way that the years are moving and the game is changing. Like we need, it, it needs to be like that. Um, I think Nick Saban talked about it the other day saying like the game is changing. Like even him, they are allowing the best defense in the nation is allowing still 19 points a game. And he's still frustrated with it, but like the game's changing. It's an air raid offense now. And like, we do that. That's exactly what I want. And then we can open up the run game. Uh, if we spread the ball out. And um, I think it's perfect the way they do it. The way uh, I was able to watch them last year do it was just Zach and them looked just unreal. And um, it looked like a great offense. Obviously, Samson, you understand that BYU is in the midst of a heated quarterback battle with Jaron Hall, and <laughs> Jacob Conover, Baylor Romney. How do you feel about being one of the receivers helping out whoever is going to be the starting quarterback? I'm excited, honestly. Like whoever whoever it is, I'm, I'm excited to help each and uh, each one of them. Honestly, like I'm here to build each teammate. I'm not here to competition is cool and stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm still trying to make everyone better. At the end of the day, I want everyone to come along and ride with me as I'm getting better. I want my teammates to be getting better every day. So I'm not here to see competition or which one's better or who I want. It's just whoever's going to be there, whoever's throwing the rock, I'm going to be there to help you get better. Even our backups, like I'm going to be there to help you get better to find your way. Because at the end of the day, we need everyone coming along at the end of the day. Like, one man goes down, the next man's got to be ready. So I'm excited for whoever it is and uh, whoever I can uh, help out to make better. Samson, I'm sure there's somebody watching or listening to this right now that maybe hasn't had a chance to see you play. For those people that haven't had a chance to see your skill set or what you bring to the field, give everybody an idea of what you bring to the table as a, as a receiver. Um... I think my biggest skill set is uh, just make a play when needed to be. Um, I'm a big, uh, I'm there. To, I was talking about earlier. I'm there to help the team in any way. I'll block a D lineman. If you have, if you need me to, I'll block a linebacker if you need me to. But if you need that big play when in, in the clutch moment, I'll be that guy too to make it. Um, but at the end of the day, I, honestly, I think uh, no one's got to really see my full potential yet and what I can really do. And I think this year that what you're going to see, I can be that it factor uh Odell Beckham or someone that they that someone really needs and um, I'm just going to show everyone that my potential hasn't been shown yet and uh, I'm just ready to go all out this year you wore number 45 are you going to wear number 45 in Cougar Blue or is the number changing as you approach your final season nah 45 45 to the day I die probably uh, my dad passed away at the age 45 and uh, so I rocked that number to keep him with me on so I'm gonna stay with it for sure well, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, your approaching season. I know you're new to this, but when you come on the show, <laughs> you get karma and you play that much better. So, yes, <laughs> it's it's a real thing, man. It it's, happens. It's a it real really thing. <laughs> hey, I need it. I'm feeling the energy already right now. I'm feeling good. <laughs> if season were to start tomorrow, we'd be ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> Samson, welcome again to uh, BYU Football and BYU Sports Nation. Great to talk with you. That Cougar Blue looks fantastic on you. Uh, I'm sure yes, Kalani's sir. got more coming your way, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Cougar Nation. I'm excited. Let's get it going. You got it. Samson Nakua on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Oh, yeah. He's what a, a great personality. Fan favorite already. I know. Yeah, fan favorite already. I'm excited. That, that was That's such big news for BYU. To be able to have both of those guys come in. And uh, look, anytime you can also have somebody choosing to go from red to blue, <laughs> 
Nothing wrong with that either. If you're if you're gonna transfer over there, <laughs> no we're coming for your head. Well then I'm coming for the streak. <laughs> that was a great, oh, great, great, great. Every Cougar fan's like, yes, <laughs> yes. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. At the start of the Masters, I can't help but think of our friend and your friend, everyone's friend, Jim Nance, saying a tradition unlike any other. So with that in mind, it got us thinking about cool BYU traditions. What is your favorite tradition in BYU sports? I, we thought about this for a while this morning when we were initially discussing traditions within BYU athletics. And for me, a, a couple come to mind probably because of the recency bias of basketball and because I missed it this year because fans weren't in the Marriott Center. But the curtain drop for BYU basketball yeah. introductions is a fantastic tradition. And when it went away, people wanted to bring it back. So they brought it back. There's nothing like it. With the blue lights flashing. Oh, that is amazing. I miss that so much. Senior night from Gonzaga. And just everybody going nuts as like the top highlights of the season are played on these huge sheets dropped from the Marriott Center Jumbotron and video boards. It's such an exciting moment right there. So I love that. And then right before tip-off, in the rock specifically, the student section, when they do the alternating rows sway back and forth. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is fantastic. The, The pageantry of that is amazing, which is why Sean Farnham, our buddy from ESPN, is saying... This is one of the best, if not the best, college basketball atmosphere I have ever experienced. And he played at UCLA and went to all the Pac-12 venues. He said, hands down, that, that's the best I've ever experienced. All right, so I've, there's two that came to mind. And one is more of a general thing and certainly not unique to BYU. But there's something for me that I really enjoy And that is when an entire crowd, regardless of the sporting event, sings the Cougar Fight song. Whether it's after a win, whatever the case is, there's something about all of the BYU fans in attendance singing the Cougar Fight song at the same time. The unification. There's just something about it in the rah-rah. You know, there's just something really cool about it. And so that, that's one of the traditions that I love. And again, that's not unique to BYU. Other schools obviously And it do makes that. Utah fans' ears want to bleed. <laughs> yes. The other one, and you mentioned uh, basketball. That's where I'm going to go as well, and it is turbulence. Oh, man. At basketball games. Uh, first of all, that song is now synonymous with BYU basketball for me. Mm. I love that song. It's on my gym playlist. And I cannot not think about basketball <laughs> when that song comes on. Yes. When I'm when my when my phone's on shuffle and it pops up. Yeah, the I banners going up, the flags going over the, the build. Uh, there, there's section. something about a song that builds and builds and builds, yes. and then there's a moment where everybody erupts. There's a big, you know, the big bass kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. There is just something about that that gets me every single time. Yes. Oh, fantastic stuff. Obviously, there are several football. Ball running out of the tunnel to open up games. The Cougar Walk for the BYU yeah. football team is a newly established tradition through Cougar Canyon. You see that. You're hosting pregame yep. shows when that's happening. Yeah, it's really cool to have it go in front of you. Everybody, and the fans love that. The fans love to see the team walking through. Sure. It's kind of, you, you mentioned unification. Unify, walking yeah. into oh. the ready for battle. So great. That's yeah, cool. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation 
on BYU Radio. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of our longtime friends, editor for SB Nation, and the very first guy I should point out on the Zach Wilson bandwagon. His name is Cam Meller. Cam, how does the busy bandwagon feel now that uh, you're leading a huge group of national analysts? You know, it's pretty crowded, but I do love the victory lap every now and again. I love that. I told you so, but I love not having to do it. So thanks for having me back. Thanks for talking about it. It's a, it's a crowded train. And I, I love the people that try to come out of nowhere and they're like, Oh, I've been talking about Zach since December. Yeah. Well, unless it's December, 2018, come at me. Cause uh, that's when we started. <laughs> yeah. We'll wave, we'll wave the Cam Miller flag. You betcha, man. <laughs> what was it, by the way, because you have been on the bandwagon, what was it that you saw early that really put Zach on the radar for you? The uncoachables, the moments that make you say, wow, it was the athleticism, but it mainly it's the accuracy. So those things that you can't coach, there are things from other prospects that you can coach and fix. Kellen Mond being probably the prime example. He's got some, whoa, that was bad. You can probably coach that. Zach has the, whoa, that was amazing. You can't coach that. He also has the down for down accuracy, putting balls where, only his receiver will have a chance to catch it. If they come down with them or not, that's a different situation, different story. 2020 saw more of those come down uh, the positive way, but that's what he had. It was the uncoachable moments and that, that accuracy that you can't change and you can't grow on it. He has it. Cam, there have been some very strong reactions about what we feel like is a foregone conclusion that Zach Wilson will go number two to the New York Jets, specifically from BYU fans who I think wanted Zach to follow in the footsteps of Steve Young and be the next great 49ers quarterback. That's not going to happen. So how do you feel about Zach to the New York Jets at number two and the fit for him there? I'm growing a little more fond of it just because of the Sam Darnold trade. They're all in, and I think the new regime may be able to buck that trend. And if you actually go back to it there, he'll be the sixth quarterback taken in the first round. It's a really mixed bag of quarterbacks taken by the Jets in the first round, but one of them is Ken O'Brien. Really good career, derailed obviously by other things. Uh, and then Chad Pennington, very serviceable, lesser power, not power five back in the day quarterback. Pennington was great. He just did not have any talent around him. So if they can actually build around Zach, which it looks like they're doing, I'm growing more and more fond of of the fit with the Jets. But let's also not forget that Steve Young didn't start his career with the 49ers. So there's also hope. Amen to that. He was rocking that amazing orange uniform in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the creamsicle uniform. Yeah, don't, don't forget about that, BYU fans. Great point by Cam. Well, look, here, here's the question. We all believe it's a foregone conclusion, and by all accounts, it really is. Is there any scenario that could play out where the Jets do not take Zach Wilson? What percentage do you put on them not taking Zach? It's the NFL draft. I'll never say never, but I would have to say it's less than 0.01% that they don't take him. I think they're already getting ready for memorabilia and merchandise to be sold with Wilson number one on the jersey. I think it's this is it. This is, I mean, you see Adam Schefter even at this point saying he texted Zach saying, Welcome to New York officially. So if Shefty's doing it, I got to lead, uh, you know, believe in that and also believe in everything else I've been hearing too. So it's, you know, the draft starts at three. I think it's going to eventually start at five after we realize we got four quarterbacks going with the first four picks, but Zach is firmly entrenched in that number two, I believe. Zach has been in the conversation in large part with Justin Fields of Ohio State as who's the second best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. We know where you stand in that matter. We know where the Jets stand in that regard, but 
Then there's the case of Justin Fields. Is he going to be the guy that goes at number three to the 49ers? I've seen him dropping as far as number 12 or 14. What do you think? I think it's growing steam. I think is, is that there, there was the Mac Jones going to San Francisco and then it was all of a sudden this past week, pump the brakes. It's not Mac Jones. And all of a sudden the public persona is, Oh yeah. Mac Jones had a couple of the DUI arrests after they wanted to believe he was number three caliber. I think it's fields has been long since the best third best quarterback in this draft class by some considerable margin. I think there's a huge drop off from one, a one B and Wilson Lawrence to number three. I do think well fields though is getting probably some unfair criticism in the sense that people are saying he doesn't look off the first receiver. He's terrible on his second reads. I think there's one thing that Justin Fields doesn't do very well, and that's distinguished between defenses. He can't read necessarily as the play is going on. We noticed it in the college football playoff where he threw that ugly interception, whether it was a receiver miscommunication or not, he does not diagnose the center field safety. So that's something that I think can be coached too. So you're looking at probably a very very solid, serviceable quarterback, and the Niners should be lucky to get him. All right, so then at number four, then you have the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, they still have Matt Ryan, but he's no spring chicken anymore. So if you think the first four picks are all going to be quarterbacks, which quarterback do you think goes to the ATL? Oh, I I don't think they could pick Mac Jones there. I think they'd have to go with the higher upside of a guy like Trey Lance. You know, you can't go from one field general and Matty Ice to uh, another field general, so to speak. So I think you go Trey Lance with the the proverbial, which I don't like, the higher ceiling in Trey Lance. I know he's got a lesser competition, but if you want him to come in and learn, that's an ideal situation for Lance to fit right there under Matt Ryan, MVP. I mean, this is not a caliber quarterback. This is a guy who led them to multiple play. I mean, he's got everything. He's going to be in the history books, top 10 passer of all time, yards, touchdowns, completions. So if you want somebody to come in and learn, have a great situation, it's Lance at four. So I do think the draft will eventually wind up starting at five. NFL Draft and Football Insider, editor for SB Nation, Cam Eller with us on BYU Sports Nation. Cam, we're obviously focusing a lot on the quarterbacks for good reason. This is a wild draft that we're leading up to. And again, we're in agreement that Zach's more than likely going to go to the New York Jets at number two. But you said that you think they might build around him. The Jets have 21 picks over the next two drafts. They've got 10 this year. They just signed Corey Davis, a former number 5 overall pick at wide receiver. They've got Jamison Crowder. What else do the Jets need to do to help Zach succeed? They need another viable number 2 receiver or a slot threat. I think you need somebody that's got or going to build a good chemistry with Zach uh, you know, running backs are relatively replaceable. A great slot receiver is not quite as valuable as I think it probably should be in the public persona. I think another pass catcher, you can't have another, uh, you can't have too many in the NFL nowadays. It's turning into more of the college aerial assault attack, which bodes very well for Zach's game. So somebody that's going to be that third option for him to, to find when the, you know, when the play breaks down, when he's got to get outside the pocket, I wouldn't also hate a couple more offensive linemen for him to, you know, Make sure he's safe. Makai Becton should be, you know, probably a pro bowler there at left tackle. So he's got the blind side already safe there with probably one of the strongest guys in the league in Becton. But another pass catcher, I mean, with how talented and how stacked this receiver class is this season, this draft class, I think a a receiver at at either that second first round pick or even that first pick of the or their first second round pick, I think should be should go to pass catcher. You mentioned offensive line, and let's go there. Brady Christensen is a guy that wowed during the season and by all accounts improved his stock after BYU's Pro Day. Where do you feel he is best – where's his best fit in terms of the draft? Is he a day two guy? I think – I would be shocked if he's there 
in the fourth round. How much of an improvement do you think he made based off of his pro day? Oh, I think the pro day just got people looking at him a little bit harder. I don't think that there was any question in my mind that he was a top four or five tackle in this draft class. I think, you know, if he had a little bit better sort of prognosis or projection to left tackle in the NFL, we'd be talking about him at the tail end of round one. So I think day two is absolutely where Christensen goes. I think he slides to right tackle, plays a little bit more there. Maybe even can play a swing tackle role. Uh, if, if this, if a team that he goes to or the fit he goes to has two starting tackles, you look at him, you know, get him a little bit stronger there, but I don't think he needs much help much more. Uh, maybe a little bit better foot speed, but I mean, you train him up in the NFL and this is a 10 year starter at either left or right tackle. In my opinion, in Christensen. Cam Miller on BYU Sports Nation. After Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen, then it becomes a really interesting conversation for all of the remaining BYU guys. You have wide receiver Dax Milne, who is a guy that maybe could be serviceable in the slot. Kairos Tonga, nose tackle. Uh, not to mention Chris Wilcox, who ran a 4-3-1 at defensive back. He was well off the radar before BYU's pro day. And then Matt Bushman, among others. So who's the third guy? Who's the most likely of that group of guys to be drafted after Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen? It's, it's probably a toss-up, but I'd have to go with Tonga just based upon, I mean, athletic profile. Uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit better numbers, I think, just in general, all across his, the, the career of his. You know, as a pass rusher, you don't want to be just a one, a one technique or a, a run stuffer at, the, at defensive tackle. But Tonga, I think, is there. I think he's got the profile of an NFLer. But I wouldn't really be surprised at all if Wilcox slides up just because he could play special teams right away. That fills a, a need and a void. You get a serviceable – I mean, look at a guy like Dean Marlowe. He's on his second team. He was at a JMU. He just signed on after multiple years with the Bills. He was a valuable special teamer. They're, they're significantly more valuable around – uh, in the NFL this time of year. So honestly, I think Wilcox is is up there as well. But I, I'd probably go Tonga, uh, and then you move on to either one of the offensive linemen or Bushman. We were having this discussion the other day in terms of the number of BYU players that could be drafted. And it's been a long time since the Cougars have had, you know, four, maybe even five guys drafted in the NFL draft. How many do you think will be drafted in three weeks? it's tough. I five is probably a great, maybe five and a half is a great over under, which even then I'd probably slide up into the over. I'd maybe say six. I think we could get six at the tail end there. If you look at you, I mean, Wilson, Christensen, Tonga is going to go. Bushman will go. I do think Wilcox goes. And then if you're sitting there at the jets in the sixth or seventh round and you have Zach Wilson's roommate and best friend with an automatically built in amazing rapport and Dax Milne, there's your sixth person right there alone. So that's leaving out the other offensive linemen as well. So I think that there truly is hope or, or a necessity in, the, in this year's draft class that six of them could go. Uh, you're, you're speaking to the hearts and minds of BYU fans in a great way, Cam. <laughs> it's been 12 years since BYU had multiple draft picks, let alone five or six. We're, honestly, our expectations are, be, because of how things have gone, maybe four would I'm be great. A minimum of four. That's kind of what I said, a minimum of four. And if you get five or six, you're, you're throwing your hands up in you know, joy. Okay, so at here at this point, I, I could see it four and a half as the over under, and I, right. I, I'm happy laying odds on the over there. Okay, I love it. I love it. Uh, I you may need some time to think about this next question, but who's the next BYU guy that could follow somewhat in the shoes of Zach Wilson and be the next star that you're ahead of the curve on uh, compared to all the national analysts? A guy, a guy that I, is going to be an NFL guy that isn't right now. I need no time. It's Peyton Wilgar. 
100%, three down linebacker, absolutely day two draft pick right now, improve his draft stock. This is a guy the NFL needs, can cover, can stuff the run, can cover though, but not just cover, covers running backs, tight ends, and I mean, line him up against a slot guy. I think he's athletic, more athletic than he gets credit for. So Wilgar absolutely is that three down linebacker in today's NFL. I love it. Wow. Get this man some BYU gear. <laughs> Rock that, baby. Let's go, Cam. Peyton Wilgar, the next guy. He's, he's, he's ahead of the curve on this one. I like it. Hey, look, the track record's been pretty good so far, yeah. which, by the way, since obviously we've talked about you've been on the, uh, on, ahead of the curve on a lot of this, where can people find your stuff? Oh, it's pretty easy. Just Cam Meller at Twitter, at Cam. Meller, M-E-L-L-O-R, pretty easy to find most of it there. That's my uh, the freedom to talk about what I want to talk about. The day job, <laughs> sort of, I have to do what I have to do. But this, the freedom where you get these opinions is, uh, is on Twitter the easiest way. Hey, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. Great insight uh, and choo-choo. Let's go. <laughs> choo-choo, I've been driving this train for a while. It's not getting boring, I tell you that. <laughs> you got it. Cam Meller on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. When you ask that question, where did you think he was going to go? I honestly didn't know. I, I thought Isaac Rex. Okay. That was the first person I thought of was Isaac Rex. Okay. Yeah, I really didn't know. I mean, there are a handful of guys, but he's, I, didn't, I need no time. It's Peyton Wilgar. No question. Yeah, asked. emphatic. He needed absolutely zero time to think about that. Right. I love Very it. Very nice. Day two pick right now. Absolutely. That's pretty impressive. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. An all-time season in 2020 for Zach Wilson and BYU football. That said, Jason, with all of the pressure that Zach Wilson took on and then succeeded at, what does that do for the next class of BYU quarterbacks? How much pressure do Jacob Conover and Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney feel, or should they feel, based on what Zach Wilson did? Well, the, the quick answer to the question is how much will they feel. That's going to depend on the individual player. That is an individual thing on whether or not a player actually allows themselves to feel pressure. There will always be pressure on a starting quarterback, regardless of where you play. Obviously, here at BYU, and because of BYU's track record, not just with Zach, but because of BYU's long history at the quarterback position, there will always be extra attention on a BYU quarterback. But yes, I think after what Zach did last year and what fans saw was possible with this offense, there will be certain expectations that whoever the starter is... Unfair or not. Unfair or not. There will be expectations that whoever the starter is comes in and at least duplicates... What Zach Wilson does. And, and quite frankly, that's not fair to Baylor, to Jaron, Jacob, you know, again, whoever, because all they can do is be themselves. And again, I think this really does boil down to how each individual player handles that outside pressure. Do they allow it in to where they feel it? Or is it something that they can block off and say, you know what, I can't control everybody else's expectations. All I can control is how I prepare and what I do to get ready for a game. So a lot of that is going to depend on them themselves, but there will there is no question after that type of offensive performance, not just from Zach, but from we saw from the offense in general, there are certain expectations outside from fans, whatever, and media to see that type of production again. The position by nature carries pressure. 
specifically the starting quarterback. Think about the backup quarterbacks and how they're treated by the fan base. They're like the most beloved, fun-loving, favorite player on the entire roster because they don't have any immediate pressure on them. It was Tanner Mangum to Taysom Hill. It was Christian Stewart to Taysom Hill before Christian Stewart then took over. But talking with Christian, it's interesting to uh, discuss the change of how the fan base reacted to him once he became the guy. It just carries innate pressure. And if anything, in relation to Zach, he was so good that I'm already telling myself, hey, if BYU gets even 75% of what Zach Wilson did with the BYU offense last year, then the Cougars are going to win a lot of football games, and it's going to be great. BYU fans should be thrilled with even 75%. So let's quantify that. Zach Wilson and the offense produced 43 touchdowns, 33 passing, 10 rushing, just by Zach. So 75% of that, Jason, would be 31 touchdowns. Would you be okay with a combined 31 touchdowns between passes and rushes from the quarterback alone? Yeah. It'd be amazing, Yes, right? absolutely. He only gave away the ball three times, three interceptions, no fumbles. So even if that goes up to around eight or nine, you still have 31 total touchdowns and eight or nine interceptions. That's a three-to-one touchdown to giveaway ratio, which is a fantastic number. And I almost feel bad for wanting that. You know, just 75%. But by nature, the position carries pressure. That's why they, these guys sign up for it. They, they want this. But not everybody can handle it. Right. Some thrive on it. Some kind of tuck under the pressure, and it just is, is too much. But I like that all three quarterbacks that are in the running to start at BYU are very different players. I think Baylor Romney is probably the best suited to handle the pressure based on his even keel mentality, just how he handles things. He's got starts. He stepped into pressure situations and delivered. He beat Boise State, beat Liberty, came in, replaced Jaron Hall after Jaron Hall had the best first half ever in his career against Utah State, and then Baylor closed out the game decisively. So I, I think he's probably best suited from a mental standpoint to handle the pressure, but all three are going to handle it differently. Conover's the ultimate competitor. Doesn't seem to be doesn't afraid seem like of anything. anything. Phases him. He just needs reps, right? And Jaron Hall, with pressure on, is one of those explosive players. It, it might make him run a little bit faster or break a few more tackles, like that adrenaline push that that he gets from the type of quarterback he is. So I'm fascinated by all of this and how different all of the quarterbacks will handle the pressure that, without a doubt, is being heaped upon them because of what Zach Wilson did. But just manage the expectations. My my bit of advice. You can expect a lot. Don't expect Zach Wilson. It just It's totally unfair. And the schedule gets harder too, Jason. So how can BYU fans in their right mind collectively think, hey, we're going to have another Zach Wilson season when BYU's playing seven Power 5 programs? Okay, that is a very rational thought. <laughs> At what point do you believe rational thought will play into this? <laughs> I'm doing my best to institute some yes. of that here. Switching gears, talking a little BYU basketball. Alex Barcelo posted on Instagram yesterday a, a picture of himself in his BYU uniform with the caption, quote, decisions, decisions, end quote, obviously referring to his decision to return for another year or not. 
Spencer, does this post make you more confident that Barcelo is going to return for another season? Yes, it doesn't guarantee it, but the fact that he's taken to social media and, in my opinion, is looking for confirmation or, dare I say, affirmation from everybody on social media. Yes. Like, okay, I'm going to throw this post out there to see how everybody across Cougar Nation and everybody across BYU Sports Nation feel about this. And he's got former players and former teammates chiming in on this. Dalton Nixon said, I'll do your laundry for a year, for the entire year, Alex, if you come back for another season. Because Dalton, like me and like you and like everybody across BYU Sports Nation, know how valuable Alex Barcelo is to for the next, uh, the next season for Mark Pope. Okay, We have... Outlined it well. BYU is in desperate need of ball handlers, point guards. Even if Alex Barcelo is the two guard and there is a point guard that comes later in the transfer portal, great. BYU needs Alex Barcelo to be an NCAA tournament team next season. And if Alex goes, then maybe the dominoes fall and Matt Harms ends up coming back to BYU for another year. But I think everybody's looking to the leader, Alex Barcelo. And I think this post is specifically looking for how does BYU really feel Taking about the this? temperature of it, how yeah. How do the fans really feel about this? How, how passionate are they about me coming back for one more? Yeah, and we saw this you know, a week ago with Matt Harms. I think, for me, this makes me more confident, even more confident about Alex coming back yeah. than even Matt Harms. And I, I think both it's a positive sign. Well, and Matt commented on yes, Alex's exactly. post. And again, there's weight in that, yes. right? This is the day and age we live yes. in. Yes, and I, I don't think you post that if you've closed the door. Certainly you don't if you've closed the door, especially because that can backfire on you. If you put that out there and it every, gets everybody's hopes up and then, and then you pull it back, you know, that could get, get fans a little bit upset. I, I don't think that that's what Barcelo's doing here. I, I tend to, look, and we're reading a lot into this. I tend to think he's probably leaning to come. Look, we don't have any inside information on no. this. I tend to think he's probably leaning to come back by doing this. Because, again, I don't think you put that out there and risk getting people upset if you don't. I, I agree with you. I think this is one of those ones where he's kind of leaning towards it. Now he just kind of wants to hear from the fans and see how pumped they get when he says he still has decisions to make. Let's read the tea leaves based on the deep blue special that we did on Alex Barcelo, his mom saying that BYU basketball and Mark Pope essentially saved Alex, his mental health by coming to BYU and helped him rediscover his love for basketball as a sport in general. I would imagine that his mom and his sister are like, Hey, Alex. Who will be on campus this year. Um, wouldn't mind having you around uh, to show me a few things. <laughs> yeah. Get me from place to place. Not that the Marriott Center and the practice facility are far away from each other, but there's something to that. And fans, fans back in the stands. Alex Barcelo, Matt Harms, even Brandon Averett. B.A., I'm not closing the door on you entirely. Come on back. Have 19,000 screaming fans mostly vaccinated, going nuts for you in the Marriott Center. Let's do this thing. Zach Wilson thrown into the fire, or so it would seem that he will encounter that scenario when he takes on the green of the New York Jets. I know we're talking about it like it's already happened, 
But frankly, it has. Because it, yeah, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. If he doesn't go number two to the New York Jets, then I will be shocked. In fact, Jason told me that he would shave his legs if Zach isn't taken number two and do it live on the air. Right? I did not say that, <laughs> but I am so confident. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pulling a Jerem Jordan shaving his head on on camera. Uh, okay, it's not okay. happening. Zach Wilson to the Jets, like you said, seems like a foregone conclusion. But that would mean, because Sam Darnold is traded away, that Mr. Wilson will start in week one as a rookie. Not the situation that your beloved Patrick Mahomes encountered, or Aaron Rodgers, or any of the great quarterbacks, Tom Brady that you can think of. They all had this transitionary period where they weren't starting in week one. The only one I can think of in recent past that was kind of thrown in the fire was Justin Herbert, but even he, with the Los Angeles Chargers, wasn't technically the starter. No, no, no. He was thrown in more than... He legitimately was thrown into the game like right, like 15 minutes before. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor was supposed to be... It was Tyrod Taylor, right? Correct. That was supposed to be the quarterback, and then... Accidentally had his lung punctured? punctured, yes. And so Justin Herbert has to go in, and then the rest is history. But he didn't have time to kind of freak out exactly, about it. Exactly, okay? exactly. No buildup. Everyone's looking at Zach Wilson as, oh, the man that could potentially save the New York Jets. So, Jason, I would like to discuss the pros and cons. With that trade of Darnold and Zach projected to go to the Jets, and we think being a day one starter, what are the pros and cons of that scenario? Let's start with the pros. Well, actually, I want to start with the cons Ooh, because I want okay. to end on a high note. Okay. okay I want to end, I want to end positively. I'm fine so with I that. So I am going to start with the cons. Okay. I, I, First of all, you are getting thrown to the wolves. I mean, that, that's a con, especially if you've never been in this situation. And as a rookie in the NFL, none of these quarterbacks or none of these players have been in this situation before. You're being put into a situation that is a first-time experience for you. That can be overwhelming. And if things don't go well, especially at the quarterback position, and especially in a city like New York City, you're going to be blamed for it. Look, that's every reason why Sam Darnold was traded. Sam Darnold was a high draft pick. Sam Darnold was the quarterback of the team. Things did not go well, whether it was his fault or other extenuating circumstances. But it all comes back to the quarterback. So that is certainly one of the cons. There are countless examples. If you look over the course of history, <laughs> in not just the NFL, but in sports, sure of really, really good players, in fact, extremely talented players, that get put in a really bad situation early on, and it derails their career. And so those are all cons for being the starter day one. Well, and there's some trauma there from BYU fans when you think about Jimmer Fredette. Sure, with the Kings. People compare the New York Jets organization and situation to how the Sacramento Kings were. But I think that's unfair, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But you continue now with the pros. Now I'm going to go with the the pros. Let's not bury the lead here. A big pro is that you are the day one starter in the National Football League. If you are one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, that is a massive deal. That is a nice feather in the cap to say you were the day one starter as a rookie in the NFL. That's big. You also get, if you're going to be the starter, that means you get immediate reps and you also get the majority of the reps in, you know, OTAs, in training camp, all that, you're getting the bulk of those. And that's a positive thing because you're going to, in all likelihood, be learning a new offense, 
new terminology, all that stuff. So the fact that you get all of those extra reps, I think, is a, is a big-time plus. Plus, you get a chance to go out and show your team, the league, everybody that either rooted for you or against you that you deserve to be where you are. So you get that opportunity. I think that's a massive pro that you get an opportunity to prove why you were there. Fantastic stuff from Jason Shepard. We're discussing the pros and cons of Zach Wilson starting on day one for, we think, the New York Jets. Jason, I like to apply things to how maybe I would have felt or dealt with a very stressful situation when I was a rookie of sorts. And I can think of a couple of scenarios in my life when I felt a lot of pressure and was hoping that I could answer the call. The first one is the first live shot I ever did on television. It was a baseball game for the Junior College World Series in Grand Junction, Colorado. I literally showed up at my station at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, day one, and my news director said, great, throw on this... uh, polo that has the station branding on it, KJCT News 8, what's up? And go out there and do this live shot about the youth clinic from the Junior College World Series. And I was like, and that's it? You give me any background information? Are we doing any of this? Literally everybody in the newsroom gathered around the TV. I didn't learn this until after the fact, to see if I would throw up on the air. Okay. <laughs> Here's the question. Did you? No. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if he freaks out or passes out or throws up. Was or this something. like a test? Did they even I need the live show? I'm not kidding. Like 30 people in the newsroom, <laughs> all watching one TV to see the new sports guy who's doing his first live shot two hours on the job. And I worked my way through it. I mean, I probably give myself like a C plus, all things considered. Sure. But didn't absolutely embarrass myself. But I, after that, I was like, okay, now that one's done. When can I do the next one? Yeah. And when can I get into the next scenario? And you build up reps. So understandably, it's going to take Zach Wilson time. Think about learning a language. I know so many people served mission trips. Okay, <laughs> I learned Korean language. Two days in, I was like, I'm out, man. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> the playbook's too complicated for me, okay? But it, uh, it can be overwhelming. So those are, those are some cons. It's just the, the overwhelming thing, the speed of everything. The speed of the game is going to be really tough to adjust to. There's nothing like the speed of the NFL game. Talk to Steve Young. Talk to John Beck. Talk to Max Hall. They've all said the same thing. You just can't really know what the speed of the game is like until you do it. So Zach is going to be dealing with uh, some tough circumstances for sure, especially if he's not protected. Now, the pros are, Jason, I think he has the aptitude to be a fast learner. And not everybody does. But I feel like Zach Wilson is ready for the challenge to learn quickly. If the Jets can win six games, go six and ten, or even five and eleven, and show some, you know, at times flashes of uh, progress and optimism, great. Very much like Joe Burrow last year with the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, Your Cincinnati Bengals did not, and obviously got hurt. So there may have been a few more wins had he been able to stay healthy. But everybody was impressed with him. Yes. Therefore, they were willing to let some of the other stuff slide because they knew the future was bright. I am one hundred percent confident that Zach Wilson can be a quarterback in a scenario like Joe Burrow. I feel like he has the aptitude, the confidence, the swagger, and he learns very quickly. He's all in. So I love that comparison. And I said I was going to elaborate on something about Jimmer Fredette. Okay, with the Kings, first of all, Jimmer's head coach got fired a few weeks into his yes. first season, which was just the worst scenario possible. Paul Westfall. Paul Westfall gets the axe. Okay. And then remind me of the owners, the brothers, uh, uh, the Maloofs. The, the Maloof brothers. Okay. They're going to sell the team. 
They're looking to replace general managers, bring in a new coach, doesn't really like Jimmer, didn't draft Jimmer. It was the worst scenario ever for Jimmer Fredette. So people are like, whoa, what's, what's going to happen to Zach Wilson? Same thing. No. They just hired a new coach. They have a new general manager. And they are seriously building the franchise around, we think, Zach Wilson. Yes. They will do that. It's a totally different circumstance. And I like the people that are now in place. They're drafting their guy. And their guy right now, we believe, is Zach Wilson. So that is a major pro for sure. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of the newest members of BYU football, Puka Nakua. He may as well be a golden child for BYU football, yeah, right. right? Puka, uh, welcome to BYU Sports Nation, man. Great to have you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. But it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, the hair's looking fresh. Uh, Samson, your brother, had a, a fresh haircut as well. But really, we want to know who has the better hair, you or Samson? <laughs> um, I got I got blessed. I don't know if you can see. I got a little cowlick up in the front, like kind of front and center of my hair. So it kind of like give me a natural little spin right here. I know Sam's <laughs> always always trying to do this thing with his left hand right here, but I mean I got the natural the natural little touch right here. So uh, I, I'll take the edge of that one. Yes, Puka blessed with the cowlick. Yes, the edge. I have a cowlick in the back. I don't feel like I'm blessed with it. Um, but here's now here's a question. If we're going to talk about hair, so we've seen you in the past. With the purple hair, obviously purple and, and the Washington Huskies. So does that mean at some point we may see a little blue in the hair now that you're at BYU? Definitely. That is the plan. Well, there's, some, there's some stuff in the works right now. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's go. Puka Nakua with us on BYU Sports Nation. Why was BYU the right fit for you right now at this juncture of your football career? Um. Honestly, it was kind of crazy. It's just some uh, some family stuff, but uh, some things had lined up, and it, it seemed uh, perfect just to kind of come back home and be be at BYU. So uh, the timing there's it was no other there's no coincidence how the timing all lined up and the opportunity presented itself for me to come back home. Let's talk about that. What was the time we asked we asked Samson yesterday this same question? So I want to ask you. It, it, when did the idea of coming back to Provo start? Take us through that timeline and the process from kind of start to finish. Yeah, um, kind of coming back home from the end of this COVID season, uh, we got a, a little ex- extra time off, so we got to spend time home, the holidays at home, which was super nice. So I missed Utah. It didn't actually snow. I, I love the snow, so it didn't snow. I was a little disappointed about that, but kind of uh, – End of January, around uh, a lot of my family is Aquariuses, so they're all January birthdays. <laughs> so we we're finishing everybody's birthday and just realizing how much time uh, I was able to spend at home with through COVID and stuff, and not being able to see my family as much. And so being able to spend that quality time with them and just be around them, there's a different energy, and with everything that had gone on through the season. So kind of end of January, and then. That was kind of the start of it. That was like a little spark of it. And then I think really in March, me and Sam had really finally sat down and getting ready to finish my quarter up at UW and kind of narrowed things down. Like we have opportunity to play football with each other. That had never happened before. Obviously, we went to two different high schools. So when it, uh, 
when, when we finally nailed things down, it, it was pretty cool. It was, it was definitely a, a new life lit in me, uh, getting the opportunity to play with him. Puka Nakua on BYU Sports Nation. The brothers Nakua headed to Provo to play for Kalani Satake and company. What was that conversation like with Samson? Because it's one thing to transfer from Washington, which is a good distance away from Provo, Utah, back to Cougar Blue, but another to do so within the rivalry. So what did you say to him to convince him to join you? Um, I think uh... – I, w- I mean, I definitely wish Zach, if we would have, if the timing would have been better, I mean, <laughs> obviously Zach had a great season. So if we would have had uh, got Zach to stay, I mean, I think that would have been pretty cool. That was, that was a little bit in the talk in the air, but knowing that his situation and stuff, but I think uh, just because we didn't get to really play with each other in high school, that, that was something that, I mean, that was probably partially uh, more on me than it was on him. He was already at Tiffany and I made the decision to go to Orem, but uh playing the same position definitely helps so i think uh there's there's going to be like a little x factor in that and like us being able to be out there right next to each other it's like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity especially you get to play the same position i mean literally be right next to each other on the field talking just like just like it was when i first started playing football i played up with samson at three years so it was cool i was i he was the star of the team i, I played like left tackle and was just like absorbing <laughs> body so he could go score but we'll, we'll be back at it again together you played left tackle, left tackle. Puka? Left tackle? <laughs> Uh, that that was the start of the that was the start of the journey. <laughs> so will you be like the emergency left tackle, just you know, in case? Yeah, pretty much. My dad and my older brother were the coach, and Sam mm. Sam was the quarterback. He was number one. I think I was like number seventy seven or something like that. <laughs> and I was out there at left tackle, <laughs> just just hoping that Sam would end up in the end zone. <laughs> All right, so now both of you guys have talked about the importance of family and being close to family and how much that played a role. Who was more excited in this to be able to for you guys to come back? Was it you or was it the family and mom specifically? Um, I def I, I know mom was excited to have us all home. <laughs> She's probably not too excited because now a little extra cleaning and a little more cooking, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I say it was probably equally both. I mean, I, I love Seattle. My time out there was great. It's like I almost served a little mission out there. It's just two years. So I'm coming back now. But um, I say it was probably equally. I, I love I love Provo. I love Utah overall in general. I mean, we stay. I, well, we live in the tree streets. So I'm right by the creamery on 9th. So I've grown up around here. And this is this is what I've known for a long time. So it's definitely special to be around here again. Well, hey, and you don't have to work off the mission body, right? You're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I know, straight up. I'll be ready to go. <laughs> We're talking with Puka Nakua, recent BYU football transfer, coming back to Utah from Washington. Puka, when you think about the two years that you spent in Washington, that brings up uh, a natural question of how much eligibility you have left once you get to Provo because of the COVID situation and all that. So wh- what is the eligibility scenario right now for you when you get to BYU? Is it two years? Is it three years? What's it going to be? Um, I believe it is three years <laughs> with the COVID season because uh, I didn't get to – I didn't get to medical redshirt my freshman year, but I believe it is three years. I, I have no, I have my redshirt year and then this COVID year, so I could be in Cougar Blue for a while. <laughs> and do you anticipate that you will play in this upcoming 2021 season? Yes, sir. I'll be ready to rock and roll. You're, you're making us feel really happy today, <laughs> Puka. This is, this is really good stuff. No, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we got a big opportunity and just, I mean, we haven't even really started with the team yet. We're just waiting up. And uh, so it's been good to see some of the boys just work out. I mean, 
I can't wait. There's a, there's been an energy shift. As soon as I came home, I just felt it. And I, I just can't wait, man. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this offense overall and how you fit into it? Um, I'm not, I, I, I can't, I can't really give you a, an exact answer right now, but I'm just really excited to, I mean, I got to play a little, a little taste of college football. I actually got to come to the Bell Edwards stadium uh, my freshman year and it was a packed house. I mean, the game, the game ended in our favor, but now I definitely would have to change the tables and make sure that blue ends up on top. But I'm just excited to learn. I mean, there's a lot of guys from Neil. I worked out with Neil and getting to know Gunner and Cody and, just being around the guys and just to see what I can take from them and how it all works and kind of implement it to my game and make sure I can fit and help, uh, help as much as I can. Puka, when you think about the prospect of playing BYU football and the three different quarterbacks that could potentially be throwing you the ball, what do you think about the quarterback battle? Because I know you have a little bit of a relationship with Jacob Conover. Then there's Jaron Hall and another proven commodity in Baylor Romney. So what do you think about that quarterback battle? Uh, I think it's, it's been really interesting and <laughs> exciting. I mean, that's what I came home to was to talk about who's going to be the guy. And, uh, they got <laughs> they definitely got some big shoes to fill. But, I mean, they, I feel like with the receiver room right now, I mean, they also do have uh, a lot of guys who are going to be willing and uh, capable of helping them make those exciting plays and making their job just a little bit easier. Um but I, I think we can, I don't think there's a there's a way to go wrong with this quarterback situation for sure. So Puka, we see that you've got the Orem Tiger blue on right now. Obviously, you're going to be wearing a lot of BYU blue. How much of your if you could like uh, give us a ratio or a percentage in your closet? How much is still purple and how much is blue? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm still waiting for a lot of for that cougar gear to drop but yeah i got yes. i got uh i'm slowly getting rid of that that purple stuff i mean to give it up to mama hang it up give it to some friends <laughs> i got some warm high teachers who are washington husky fans so maybe go give them some of the new gear that they got but uh definitely excited to stop rocking this blue <laughs> i love it uh i want to know uh, as well when you announced your decision to enter the transfer portal who was the first byu player to reach out to you um. Well, actually, Zach had been hitting me up. Zach had hit me up before that. I had uh, I had actually posted uh, announced that, but I think Cody Cody might have been the first guy to hit me up after I had posted that. Okay, Cody Epps. He wanted he wanted some help uh, within the receivers room. Yeah, and and he hit me up to play some Call of Duty. He's he is his <laughs> Xbox gamer tag. Yeah. yeah, let's play Call of Duty and talk about BYU football. I, I love the approach. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we asked Samson yesterday. Now, obviously, this is going to be a little different answer, I'm sure, because of this. it takes the rivalry out of the question. But we asked him what his teammates in red thought of the decision. What did your teammates up in Seattle think when you uh, made the decision that you were going to come to Provo? Uh, definitely some, uh, some sad faces and stuff. I mean, the relationships that we build and all the time that you spend with the guys on the team, uh, it's definitely not uh, easy saying goodbye to those guys, but Everybody I know, we had great relationships, and they were supporting me out, uh, especially just being able to come back home and be here with my mom and my grandma and my, my entire family. So it was really good, but I definitely miss those guys. But I'm excited to start, kind of start this new journey and stuff and continue on this path that we're about to start. All right, Puka, 
we have a good idea of what type of skill set you bring in because we've seen all of your high school highlights. We've seen, obviously, your Washington highlights when you were competing for the Huskies. But for somebody that doesn't know much about you as a football player, how would you explain your game and what you do to them? Um, <laughs> I definitely say I've gotten bigger from my, the days I was in high school. I was <laughs> a little bit thinner around them. But uh, I definitely say I've, I've learned to love blocking. My, my, my coach up in Washington, he definitely uh, helped me understand the game more. So being able to recognize what what's the defense is doing to help me take uh, full, like maximize maximize my capabilities. So I think I, uh, I, I would say I catch the ball pretty well i believe in my leaping abilities so that the the 50 50 ball down the down the sideline I'll, I'll definitely take my chance i for sure say it's 100 percent going my way now it's not a 50 50 ball <laughs> but uh i love to block that's one thing i think is kind of <laughs> changed my game is like learning how to block because it really does set up uh passing uh, the the lanes and like the releases it sets up uh it definitely changes the game he's if he thinks i'm running and i and i have a and i have an in route uh i definitely take my chances if he thinks i'm about to go block somebody (laughs) you say that and somewhere fessy says hockey is smiling fessy's smiling somewhere he doesn't even know why but like there's there's been a a positive disturbance (laughs) in the force right yes absolutely he's like i don't know why but i'm feeling real good about things right now (laughs) <laughs> hey Puka, it's great to have you on BYU Sports Nation and uh, be able to officially welcome you to BYU football and to the hearts and minds of people across Cougar Nation. Thanks for the time, man. No, oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, Puka Nakua on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's great and thinks he's going to be able to play immediately this year. That's next that's, to his brother Samson. Okay, so we're learning something. So he's anticipating that he will have three years yeah. of eligibility. And that eligibility will start in the 2021 season. Lining up on the same field, same time, same formation as his brother Samson. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines with Micah Simon earning himself a contract in Carolina with the Panthers. Here are his top five plays with the Cougars. Number five in 2017 with San Jose State in town. Simon hauls in this beautiful pass from Tanner Mangum while the defender is right in his face. This was Simon's second touchdown of the day. Even taps the wrist afterwards, letting everybody know what time it is. It was Micah Simon time. Number four, 2019. BYU hosting Liberty. Baylor Romney launches deep for Micah with the defender all over him. He catches it anyway. (laughs) Give me that. He didn't care about no pass interference call. Good for 47 yards. Simon would finish off that drive two plays later with a two-yard touchdown catch, and he deserved it. Number three, and let's keep it in the same game. Micah got a little tricky this time, throwing the ball to Matt Bushman for a 44-yard touchdown. It was his second completed pass of his career, and just in case things don't work out with newly acquired Sam Darnold, hey, Mike is on the roster. Maybe he can help out in the pass game. Two passes, 57 yards completed uh, in that season, and he took a hit on that play. In fact, he injured himself. So way to stay in and make the throw. All right, number two. Let's go back to 2017 again against San Jose State. We mentioned the two touchdowns, right? Well, here's the first. Go up and get it. 
over the defender. Same defender, by the way. Foot in bounds. Best part about this touchdown is that it led to Braden Bakri's destructive hit on the ensuing <laughs> kickoff, which came in at number 89 in our recent top 100 all-time plays. And number one, I think you probably know where we're going with this. Of course, we're going to Tennessee. With 14 seconds left, Zach Wilson finds an open, and I mean wide open, Micah Simon, who uses his speed to get all the way down to the Tennessee 16-yard line, setting up the game-tying field goal. The rest is history. BYU gets the win in OT thanks to that pass and catch to Micah Simon. One of the most unforgettable moments I have ever experienced yeah, covering you were there. BYU sports. To just hear 100,000 silenced, except for the 4,000 or 5,000 BYU fans. Okay, maybe it was like 10,000, but they were going nuts you on could, that side of the field. You got to see that in person. You had your own fan club at the stadium. <laughs> it was a good day for you. <laughs> What a do, baby! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Story for another day. <laughs> it probably won't. <laughs> Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. It is time we play buy, sell, or hold. I'll go first, Jason. Number one, buy, sell, or hold. Will BYU football have four or more NFL draft picks? They haven't had multiple since 2009. Four or more? Yeah, I'm buying it. Wow. Like, two are guaranteed. You're going to have Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen yes. guaranteed. But I also think that you're going to have um, Kairos Tonga is going to be a guy that's drafted. Sixth-round draft yep. grade, according to Dane Brugler. Yep. I also think you're going to have Matt Bushman, who's also in that six to seven-round range. And I think you have Chris Wilcox, who worked himself into a late, so maybe a seventh-round or maybe late sixth-round draft pick. Yes, I think you're going to have four or more, so I'm buying it. You didn't even mention Dax Milne. And Dax, yes, and Dax Milne, I think, will also be in that six, seven round range. Oh, man. I'm a hold here, probably because the draft is so weird. And this has nothing to do with guys that are going to make rosters. Every one of those guys you just mentioned, I expect to be on an NFL Agreed. roster, at worst, a practice squad when the season begins. Agreed. But when you get to the sixth and seventh rounds, it is. Such a wild card situation, um, and, and I almost want, like we always have this conversation: Is it better to get taken in the sixth and seventh round, or have options about where you want to go? So I'm a hold. I, I I feel good about four, but, but I'm not quite there yet because BYU just it hasn't the draft hasn't been friendly to them in years past. Yeah. And so maybe I have some trauma there. I don't know some PTSD. Just being a little that. pessimistic right yes. now because of the history. Yes, I get, yes. I get it. All right, buy, sell, or hold. Mark Pope leaving this summer for another coaching job. Sell. Yeah. That is not happening. Yeah. Mark Pope has an amazing situation at BYU right now. He's beloved here. He's building something special. It is not the year for Mark Pope to leave BYU. If Kentucky's job ever opens up, then BYU fans may want to worry about that. But uh, last I checked, uh, Coach Calipari isn't going anywhere. In Lexington. So uh, I'm sell 100% on this. Yeah, sell in all caps. Coach Pope not going anywhere. Look, he's going to be a hot commodity for a very long time. And you want to know why? 
because he's going to continue to win at BYU. Yes. That's yes. why. It's awesome. He's not going anywhere right also now. Also glad his best friend is Ryan Smith, Qualtrics <laughs> jazz owner, and he's a big BYU fan. Yes. There's, there's something there. So I think we're discussing this because Arizona's job just opened up. Right. Sell, man. Be he staying. Number three, buy, sell, or hold. BYU is a volleyball school, Jason. Look, uh... I, I think I can speak for Jerem. If Jerem were here, Jerem would be buying. Jerem said that all the time. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell it. I, I think obviously football or basketball is is at the at the top. Uh, but I certainly understand why we're asking the question because year in and year out, both the men's and women's volleyball teams are absolutely killing it. No pun intended. And what we saw yesterday with. The women's volleyball team yeah. just dominating the postseason yeah. awards, coach of the year, player of the year, setter of the year, first team. They just dominate, and they do it every year. Jason, I think BYU track and field and cross country has something to say about this right now because, remind me, what are the only two national championships that BYU have won since Tom Homo took over as the athletic director in 2004? Hmm. Ah, yes, cross country. The men won it in 2019. The women won the cross country national championship this season in 2021. So both come from cross country and track and field. Although football reminded us with that special season that BYU enjoyed with Zach Wilson in 2020 going 11-1, this very much is still a football school. So I'm totally sell on this. It only took one magical season for us all to realize that once again. (laughs) All right. Buy, sell, or hold. BYU will have 11 teams finish in the top 25. Currently, there are 10 teams on campus that have either finished their season already during the 2021 season or are currently ranked in the top 25. 10 of them. Will there be 11? I'm actually going to sell on this. Uh, We just found out that BYU men's basketball... They went into the final regular season poll at number 23. Because they lost to UCLA, they dropped out. So that hurts. I don't think that BYU baseball or softball can do enough to get into the national rankings. It would take a deep run into the NCAA tournament by one or both of those teams to get there. So I'm going to sell here. But it's still so ultra impressive to even nine teams in an athletic calendar year that finish in the top 25. So, yeah, it's going to take a lot. I'm going to sell here. Yeah, for the exact same reasons, I am selling. And, look, the fact that you have you have nine or ten at the end of the year, that's nothing to sneeze at. And, and then, obviously, we're only talking about two more sports before this time frame we're yeah. talking about is up. So, right now, I'm selling. Sure. Well, and I'm – I mean, look at the teams that are ranked. Eight of the nine are in the top 16. I know. So, they're going to – like, they're going to finish in the top 25. Okay, last one. Buy, sell, or hold in honor of Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record 47 years ago today. It's a monumental day for Saturday Night Live and baseball history. BYU's consecutive games without being shut out, which was unfortunately snapped in 2003 against Utah in the snow and Urban Meyer. They went 361 games. Are you are you buying, selling, or holding that that record will ever be broken by any team in the NCAA? 361 games without being shut out. Look, I, I'm going to hold because you you immediately want to say, well, nobody's ever going to break that. Like that's just insane. It's, but it was broken. It, it eventually it ended. So you, I never want to say never. I'll say hold because I don't want to pick yes or no. You yeah. just never know on these that, things. That's things true. That one, at, at one part, 
you know, in a, in a season or in a time frame looks insurmountable, eventually maybe it's not. So I, I, I'm going to hold. I, yeah, I'm actually going to sell this. I don't think it's ever going to be broken. And I know people are saying, hey, what about Bama, Spencer? Nick Saban's not going to be there forever. And at some point, Alabama's going to have a rebuilding campaign or a season where they get blown out by a really good team in the SEC and they're, and they're shut out and they don't score any points. Like that, that'll happen. 361 games, Jason, we're talking about 30 plus years. <laughs> 30 years without being shut out. Yeah, it, it makes it worse is the team that it ended to. Yeah. That's what makes it. But I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I don't, I'm selling. I don't think it'll ever be broken. That's a crazy statistic. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Joining us now, our second guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is talented BYU baseball outfielder, one of those senior leaders, Mitch McIntyre with us. Mitch, welcome to BYU Sports Nation First and foremost, I just want to give you a healthy dose of BYU Sports Nation karma. We typically wait until the end of the interview to do this, but we're sending the good mojo now, man. We want to start this with high energy so that you can go out and ball out tonight. Yes, I love that. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Now we Need that no- karma. You bet. We noticed that uh, there's something different about you today. In fact, Jason pointed it out yeah, over the break. Yeah, last <laughs> night you have the mustache, but now no mustache. So what, what's the deal? No, I'm glad you noticed. No, I felt like when I was growing it out, maybe it was a losing mustache, didn't have the, you know, the best mojo in it. So I figured shave it, get rid of it. And then uh, we get that win tonight and maybe I'll grow it back, get the win mojo in it. So yeah, I'm excited. So, so between, so between getting rid of the mustache, the BYU Sports Nation karma, can we expect like four for four, five RBI and two home runs tonight? (laughs) Yes, sounds like it. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> Definitely. We'll, we'll take a win, just regardless. You know. Yeah. However it comes, just oh, the yeah. dub. That is all. That's all anybody wants. Mitch, you uh, yeah. you do a lot Seriously. of work in the outfield. Uh, you played center field last night. I've seen you a ton in left field. Which position do you prefer, and why? Um, I mean, I definitely love center field. You know, just getting to see the whole field and everything. But I mean, I also love playing left field. So, you know, wherever I can be out on the field is where I enjoy the most. Um, if I had to say one, though, it'd be for sure center field. But, but yeah. Is it because the sun doesn't glare into your eyes for like an hour and a half in center field? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not kidding you. Those first innings on the 6 o'clock games, they are brutal as heck. I mean, you can't even see anything. You're just hoping that somewhere the ball will <laughs> pop up if it's hit to you and you can find it. So I've definitely been on the bad part of that, but – but yeah, no, center field, love, love playing that in the, the beginning of the innings, not having the sun in my face. <laughs> so obviously you roam the outfield, center field, left field, but there have also been times where in the same game, late in ball games, you, you get pulled out of the outfield and you step onto the mound uh, to pitch. From a mental standpoint, how do you make that transition from outfield to on the mound? You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I feel like maybe not having that pitcher, you know, standpoint, I kind of just go up there and just, okay, I'm going to throw you a strike and just let, let my defense work. And, um, it's, I've had success, you know, in the past doing that. So 
Um, you know, I love pitching. It's super fun just going out there and try to throw as hard as you can. I mean, I definitely don't have the arm speed like the other guys on the team, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been super fun doing that. So I was going to say, how much fun is it? Like in one game, you get, you, you got the defense, you get to hit, you get to pitch, you really get to do it all in a game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of funny just kind of going through all those different positions. And sometimes, you know, like as much as I want to warm up, I don't even get to warm up. I'm just thrown from the outfield. So um, it's kind of been interesting in ways like that. But um, but yeah, no, it, it's been super fun. And yeah, just getting to be able to pitch and trusting my defense to work. And uh, yeah, so enjoyed that for sure. Mitch McIntyre, BYU Baseball with us on BYU Sports Nation. Game two between the Cougars and Pilots tonight, live on the BYU TV app at 8 Eastern, also on BYU Radio. Mitch, how do you not only handle the disappointment of a game like last night where your team commits four errors and it feels in a lot of ways kind of gives away the game to the pilots, but bounce back and, and change things today. Where is the mental switch that you need to get into to make sure that you show up ready with a fresh and a clean slate tonight? Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely been frustrating having those, you know, mistakes and stuff like that. But I mean, it's baseball, you get three games and, you know, that was just one of the games. And so, you know, anything can happen. And, um, you know, I'm feeling confident tonight. Um, I'm going to blame it on you guys because, uh, you know, maybe I didn't have that mojo of Sports Nation or <laughs> yes. whatnot. So, uh, yes. so, yeah, now that we got that taken out of the way, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited tonight, and I think it'll be a good one. You know, Mitch, what do you believe is the biggest reason why this team will be successful? I, you know, I obviously get to see the camaraderie you guys have and the fact that you don't get too high and you don't get too low. What do you believe will be the reason why this team ultimately will be successful this year? You know, I think it's just like, you know, the team that we have together, just the group of guys, you know, um, you know, we all want the best for each other. And um, I think sometimes, honestly, it's more of we care too much in certain situations that, you know, maybe we mistake or stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think this group of these group of guys are super talented, you know, and, um, it's just a matter of kind of figuring it out and being consistent. You know, we've, we've had times like LMU where we swept the series and then um, couldn't really keep that going. So, um, you know, we're going to figure it out tonight and it's just going to keep going forward. And, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of baseball left, so I'm excited to see what, what happens. Mitch, as you think about the hitting specifically, things have not been as productive in years past and you've played on some great BYU baseball teams that have put up a lot of runs this year, that, that has not been the case. Where, where does it start or need to start in terms of an offensive turnaround for this team? You know, I think it just needs to start from the first inning and just overall quality at bats. I think, you know, we kind of give them a couple that, um, you know, we should have battled out more or um, just put pressure on them in, in situations like that. And so, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of putting the ball in play and, hitting the ball hard and just kind of putting the pressure on them and making sure they make, you know, their plays that they need to. And, um, you know, I think we'll get some runs going and just kind of keep it going from there. So, Hey, for the record, we're all about extreme ownership and taking accountability. So uh, we will take the blame. Like you, you now we'll, we'll put that on our shoulders. Yes, we will own this. We will carry that. <laughs> okay, yeah. We will, we will deal with coach Littlewood in that regard. It's a new season that starts tonight, Mitch. You got the mojo. You got the karma. Heck yeah. So go have a great game. We look forward to watching you play tonight at Miller Park. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
All right, Mitch McIntyre on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. We'll own this. We will take the ownership yeah, of I'll this. I'll bear the burden. I like it. I, win streak starts tonight. Love it. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU.